Blog Talk Radio. It's March 1st, 2020. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight, we're joined by co-host Jeff Brown, and I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please, remember, good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. Working for a Living is a member of the Michigan Association of Broadcasters and is syndicated on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, and Listen Now. You may also follow us on Twitter. Unfortunately, on February 26th at the Molson Coors Brewing Plant in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's represented by the UAW Local Union 9, International Association of Machinists, and International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, suffered a tragic work-related shooting. Union members who were fatal victims were UAW member Jesus Fale, Jr., 33 years old, of Milwaukee. UAW member, Jenida Levishitz, 61, of Mequon. UAW member, Trevor Quetzilar, 33 years old, of Milwaukee. International Association Machinist member, Dana Walk, 57 years old, of Delafield. International Brotherhood Electrical Workers member, Dale Hudson, 60 years old, of Waukesha. Working for a Living extends our heartfelt condolences and prayers to the families, friends, and co-workers of each of the above union members. And may each of you rest in peace. Please let us observe a moment of silence for these numbers. Thank you. Let me bring on Jeff. Hello, Brother Jeff. How are you doing? I'm a little sore today, Leroy. A little bit of pain. Oh. Other than that, I'm doing okay. Oh. Yeah, I've been in or something? Three or four days. No. Oh. Um, my knee started hurting the other day, and then it went up to my hip. Now it's on my back and down the other hip and down the other knee. Oh. Because well, it's a cold count. You know, I mean, you've got that... that uh, uh, malady when you're healthy. I don't want to get into what it is, and it's on the air now. So, but, uh, you know, you have it, and and it's something you have to live with for the rest of your life. You know, so if you can maybe get some relief and some of the new medicines and stuff, you know, I'm going to take a shot at some of that. But I know it's very, yeah, that's very uh, disabling for you. I know that. So, anything um, else going on? Um, it's been an up and down week. I 
because you know um, I had a cat die on me. He just got sick and didn't get better. He just died. Um, and my buddy over here is working for him. <laughs> um, so I had some other financial issues I had to take care of and took care of that pretty well. Worked uh, out for the best. So um, I'm just trying to get the pain to go away so I can get comfortable and sleep. So yeah, my son you got to be able to sleep, try and sleep at the same time all the time. It should help you. It's, that's just good yep. advice for everybody listening too. You know, if you sleep the same time every day, you know, you you have a, a better outcome with your sleep. So anyhow. Mm-hmm. Uh, my yeah, son took the so bar exam Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah. I think he did real good. So good. He feels uh, comfortable then, huh? Yeah, he's very confident. He did good. So. Good. Good. And I just noticed uh, Buttigieg has pulled out the uh, campaign, suspended his campaign. Oh, I missed that today. Did, he did that today? Yeah, it just came out a couple minutes ago. Yeah, minutes ago. We oh, okay. Well, we wish him well. You uh-huh. know, I mean, he, you know, anybody that throws your name in the hat, there's just a lot of, lot of uh, scrutiny on you, immediate scrutiny. So, uh, just uh, you know, we we wish him well, and you know, we hope the very best outcome for him and uh, everybody around him. You know, I mean, got a whole team of people that you got with you all the time as well. So. Um, so we wish yeah. him well. He, you know, he had a lot of good ideas. He just maybe not his time just yet. He's a little young, and uh, he uh, he presented well in a lot of ways. And just to, yeah, you know, he didn't get it. And uh, South Carolina, of course, it was future. yesterday. So what's yeah. that? Yeah, he's he part of the future. Absolutely, very well. Um, he's you know, speaks well. Um, right. So, we'll see how he goes. Yeah, see how he does. You know, I mean, you know, he's destined to be something probably in somebody's, uh, you know, cabinet, uh, whoever it winds up yes. in. Uh, I expect that we're not yeah, going to have so. a Republican again. There's a lot, a lot going on, and uh, when the emperor yes, gets is. undressed, you really see who, who and what he is, uh, because it's been mm-hmm. sort of, uh, you know cloaked with this uh, stock market rally that seems to be over. So, And we've been talking about that for a while. There's, yes, we have. We'll get into it a little, a little bit later on. Not much. We're not going to say too much about it. Everybody's got to do what they need to do, and we've said all we, all we dare say uh, up to now, and uh, it's everybody's personal decision to do whatever they want to do that We've been saying for some time it doesn't look good, and I think we got a couple more pretty serious days left of this. We'll see, uh, and we'll give you an update at the end of the show. China opens, I think, 8:30 our time. Uh, you'll find out later that they had some serious bad news on their uh, economy. Uh, as their PMI fell to 35.7, I think it was. We'll report on it a little later. Over 25% drop from January 
to February, and that's not going to bode well for the Chinese market. And you know, it's down. Uh, let's check. Futures are currently down 537 uh, on the weekend futures, and so we'll see what that what that does uh, here. It's been bouncing between 500 and 700 minus 500 and 700 uh, all weekend, and expect something to you know get in gear when China opens at about 8:30 our time, 9:30 their time. So in uh, Shanghai, that's what we're looking for. So just just know that's out there. So um, having said all of that, uh, you got anything else you want to talk about um, regarding the week? No. Yeah. Um. See, baseball is back. It's played again, so that's a good sign. Um, oh, baseball. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's open spring training, huh? That's nice. Yep. Uh, That's good. The Astros are getting attacked by opposing pitchers, literally. Uh, they've been hit. Chastro batters have been hit seven or eight times in a week. So with their scandal they got going on. But uh, other than that, we're just okay. waiting for the weather to really get warmer. So this guy could right. get out a little bit. Yeah, get out and do some walking and stuff. Gotcha, me too. I'm yes. Up here all day getting several things done here today. But, uh, I'd like to have gotten out and done a little walking. It's, it's that time of year, like like you said. And we did have snow, about three and a half inches or so here through the week. So, And we had some pretty cold weather down in the teens. So we've had uh, just an interesting week. You know, I've been down to Metro yeah. Detroit uh, a couple times this week and uh, seeing a friend back from the airport down there. And Detroit Metro uh, is one of the only airports that still receive travelers from China come out. Mm. And, uh, you know, they're really watching about a, I guess quite a few people over in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and they've been testing them to make sure that they're okay. So far, I guess they're okay. Nothing's been reported here in Michigan, but they're watching it like a hawk because of that Detroit Metro. So, yeah. So let's get into the announcements. You know, we're uh, talked about enough about ourselves. By the way, thanks uh, to everybody on the switchboard. It's just about full. Uh, there's a couple spots left, I suppose. If you wanted to call in, you can. Uh, but uh, we don't advertise that. But I guess it's available on the on the uh, link if you wanted to do that. That's either way. It doesn't matter. But thanks to everybody that's in here listening. We really appreciate that. And um, I see at least one, maybe two, that might want to get in a little later in the show. So uh, we know they know how to do that. So we'll uh, let that go. Let me take the first one, Jeff, and then we'll alternate the announcements. Um, looking for you a loan trustee, everybody. Right. What's that? Can I did send them to me. Oh, I thought I sent you. I thought I did. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Maybe, maybe they're just in queue, right, ready to be sent. Mm, I sure thought I sent them to you. Let me take care of that first because you can't be part of it. Huh? <laughs> there. I'm sorry. 
Okay. Well, let me take the first few and let me know when you've got them opened up. So, so. Uh, I'll okay. take up to three and then start with four. Okay. Uh, working for a living trust that everyone has a very safe and happy week and, and now celebrate Women's History Month that begins today, March 1st. So uh, we've got that going on. And there's a lot of fun stuff about that, uh, much like last month. Uh, we had a lot of fun stuff to report on, interesting people. Uh, February 20th, uh, GM secures a tax break for the new EV battery cell factory next to the one it's shut down in Lordstown. That's uh, uh, like one person wrote into us, and I didn't put it in the email, but said that it's just, uh, this would be funny if it wasn't so sad. Uh, it's just unfortunate, and there's a lot of people very disenchanted with Queen Bee Mary. Uh, number three, February 22nd, WSWS reported that U- the UAW quashed the effort to force direct election of union officers. Well, that was what they reported, and that's what everybody was being told. What wasn't addressed by the people that were promoting it or by WSWS was that the part of the resolution that allowed for unspecified amendments was not addressed. And quite frankly, there are a whole lot of people in our union that are pretty smart. I don't know that I'd be laying so much blame at the international's footsteps because the people that I talked to were concerned, but nothing was being done necessarily, only by some individuals that I know of. And those were because uh, they didn't like the fact that there were unspecified amendments going to be allowed if this resolution passed. And who in their right mind, and this was probably what the membership at large was concerned about and why their effort failed, tried to slide something in that they shouldn't have. Okay? And that was this unspecified amendments. Nobody writes a contract or signs a contract, buys a car on payments where you sign agreement, buys a house and a mortgage where you sign the agreement without knowing what it is. And these unspecified amendments were tantamount to that. And I'm going to suggest to everybody that the membership at large is not a bunch of fools like you try to play in. And our membership's pretty smart. And they saw through this. And that's why it didn't pass. A little more direct. I mean, you called for greater transparency in item number two, I think, or maybe three, in item number four, whatever this unspecified number, was cloaked in secrecy, shrouded in absolute secrecy. So, you know, you get what you ask for. If you'd have been up front with membership, it probably passed. 
quite frankly, I think we might even have supported him if he didn't have all that cloak and dagger stuff in there. But we got to talk about it. So, having said that, uh, somebody said, yes, I got it, and that's what they use as well. So, let's make sure. Uh, it's a good gift. All right, just make sure. Okie dokie. So, uh, getting back, uh, Jeff, are you ready for number four? Sure. February 24th, Amazon 1818, Siemens and Lion are the founding members of a new partnership, partnership, Corporate Electric Vehicle Alliance, that seeks to accelerate the transition to electric vehicles. February 24th, Christina Figures, former UN climate chief, calls for civil disobedience to combat climate crisis. Uh, February 26th. Okay, go ahead. Okay, the CDC confirmed the first community transmission of the coronavirus in the U.S. In a related story, sales of coronal fear is down 40%. And we got to tell you, people, the beer has nothing to do with the virus. Um, Keep buying that. Uh, February number seven, February twenty-six. NLRB says company could tighten attendance rules without bargaining with the union. More on that later in the show. Okay, I'll take eight. Uh, February twenty-seventh, forty-four percent of the American workforce are low-wage earners. Twenty-six percent of the low-wage earners are the sole breadwinners in their household, and another 25% live in households where all earners work in low-paying jobs. Number nine, February 27th, after six decades of the last Chevrolet and Pella Road found the Deham assembly line. Uh, I always liked that car, really. I do too. I mean, I remember when the 59 come out and had that big rounded pin in the back, and the 60 come out that had mm-hmm. a little, like a little angle uh, on the fin. And people that bought those, and, you know, we had friends, family friends that would come, and some of them had the little continental wheel on the back of it uh, as well. That mm-hmm. continental wheel is where the they put a wheel behind the, uh, right in the middle of the, the uh, uh, trunk on the back. Usually it was straight up perpendicular. Some of them laid them down, actually, I think the Plymouth had them, where they laid right, uh, there was a, uh, uh, a opening cavity there on the trunk deck itself, and they put it right inside that, which was rather interesting. It was Plymouth that did that one, but Chevy, uh, you know, in Pala, uh, you know, they have those fins. Some, like I said, some with the uh, inver- uh, continental wheel in the, in the back, sitting on the bumper, basically. Uh, and but everybody said that the back end, you get 60, 65 miles an hour. And remember, the speed limits weren't then what they are today. That was a lot. Uh, that would raise that car right up in the back end because of those fins back there. 
and some of them put a little other fin on them just to make it do that a little bit more. So I've seen all kinds of stuff with that car. But, but it was in the 70s. It was called a Caprice, I believe. I don't know that they called it. Like 78, I think, was the last in power, so maybe 76. Somewhere in there, and then they called it Caprice for a little while. And then it went back to the Impala. And then some of them were really fast, like race cars. Just unbelievably fast. So, yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, number 10, um, February 27th, Fiat Chrysler to cut shift at a Windsor assembly plant. The move affects 1,500 workers. Our thoughts and prayers that all of those workers may be displaced here by Chrysler. Yeah, Chrysler. Yeah. So, all right, Jeff. Yeah, let's see. So. The birthplace of the uh, minivan, see, it's real, um, what was it, the uh, Windsor Assembly Plant. Number 11, February 28th, the NTSB reported that a man killed in the Tesla SUV crash was playing a game on smartphones while automated driving was engaged. Uh, I should have thought about that. <laughs> People are going to get on yeah. Yeah, I I guess you know even though that you know th- this automation for these cars is still pretty new, folks. And if you have one of these cars that have you know full automation on it, don't be so cavalier as to think that you can go out there and just you know arbitrarily go ahead and uh, start doing other stuff and not pay attention to the road. You need to be engaged, just like you're driving just in case you got to grab the wheel and take over, you know. And I don't know how that's all going to work, but I think if this person had been paying attention, and I don't know, but if he could have grabbed that wheel and, and right it wherever it needed to go, he might be alive today. So, I mean, it's personal choice. You can do whatever you want. You can text, you can play games, you can whatever, but you might not be here tomorrow because tomorrow's promised to no one. And those that are foolish give it up a little sooner than you might imagine. So uh, let's just, let's all keep it real while this transition is going on, okay? For you and all of us that worry about you, and we're still worrying about this this gentleman here that was playing on a game, and we're still reporting about it. So it would have been nice if he was just like the rest of us that are still here driving around ball game or going and having a barbecue or picnic at the patio or something, just like some of the rest of us may do. But he's not because he wasn't prudent in his driving in this transition period. And I don't know that it's ever going to get to the point where we should not be aware of these automated cars, et cetera, and stuff. Having said that, go ahead. Uh, it's my turn, I suppose. Yeah, uh, yeah 12, uh, February 28th. Um, uh, I know this made a lot of people, or a lot of consternation over this. The UAW International Executive Board voted on December 5th to merge the, the states represented by UAW Region 5 between UAW Regions 4 and UAW Regions 8. This merger became effective 
February 28, 2020. We'll have a little more on that in the show. I think that's in Jeff's report, and that's all laid out for you, Jeff. So I'm not change a lot that. Go ahead. All right. Oh, let me see. Number 13, February 28, GM announced that 1,200 new members will be added to the Lansing Delta Township to support the sales of the Buick Enclave, Chevrolet Traverse, and Lansing Grand River to support the sales of Chevrolet Camaro and the launch of two new Cadillac sedans, the CT4 and the CT5. And we'll talk more about that later in the show. Right. Uh, 14, February 28th, due to a risk of national security, United States President Number 45, Donald John Trump, has signed a memo that effectively gives Defense Secretary Mark Esper the ability to end collective bargaining rights to 750,000 federal workers. More on that later in the show. February 28, China's Official Purchasing Managers Index, PMI, fell over 25% to a record low of 35.7% in February from 50.0% in January. Talk a bit about that at the opening, but that's going to cause a lot of consternation when China opens about 8.30 our time. We're going to see what that does. Uh, You don't have that sort of a drop in your manufacturer's index and and have that uh, PMI, purchasing manager's index, that deals with all of that and not have that effect in a negative way. Like I said, it's been down between 500 and 700 most all weekend. So, and we'll get to date down 594. We'll do that throughout the show when it seems to be appropriate. You need to know that there's a couple more days, and apparently there's a couple more days of this. We hope everybody paid attention when we were telling you. We know you got mad. Oh, can't be negative, well. We got to be honest with you. It's what we got to be. Because geometric curves, you never know how far they're going to go up, but they always fail. All of them. Every last one, and they fail catastrophically. Uh, everybody make your own decisions. It's not just. Uh, last one here, number 16. February 29th was International Repetitive Strain Injury Awareness Day. Good time to take a look see what kind of health care you have and if we can kind of improve that or not. So, I mean, I think both Jeff and I have had our fill of some of that stuff over the years as we worked in the factory, and I'm sure that a lot of you feel the pain of these you know, condensed jobs every day as you're doing them. And, you know, that's not a lot of fun. And some people charged with making your life a fair day's wage for a fair day's pay a little easier 
uh, seem to be missing that boat. So uh, uh, let's take a look here. Do we have anything else going on? We've kind of lost interest in some. Somebody looks like they want to be on the show, and somebody dropped off. I thought was going to be on the show. So let me bring on our brother here. Okay, Tom, how you doing? Hello, Tom. Yeah, I'm. I'm here. I got to press the right button. I'm sitting here in the dark. Uh, Tried to oh, save on electric. Right, right. Yeah, well, it's still dark in North America at this time. It's uh, 7.30. So, North, you know, northern United States is still dark at this time. <laughs> well, I'm trying to stay in the, in the dark as long as I can here with the, with the forecast coming out in regards to the stock market. But but I'll, I'll hang in there. I've bounced back before, you know. It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. it's doing what it has to do, I think. I think it's trying to. Oh, it's natural yeah, it's level there. And there was a big bubble there, and now they're talking about wanting to lower interest rates more. I don't know what the hell they're trying to do. They're trying to bottom this thing all the way down to the bottom by lowering interest rates. I don't think that's going to help a thing, do you? No, I don't think it's going to help at all. As a matter of fact, interest rates could hurt it because it would be viewed as a, uh, a negative itself by doing that. What does, what would help, is more liquidity, and uh, nobody's promised that yet. Uh, there's uh, there's been some, some uh, uh, calls and some speculation about the central bank selling all their gold or portions of their gold in order to raise cash to uh, add the, the downward movement here. But quite frankly, um, we, we, you know, this isn't anything we haven't reported on in the past. Okay, we we talked about the margin calls being at an all-time high as a number and as a percentage. Well, margin calls are where people buy stock on credit, and they have to maintain a certain percentage in their account. And as it goes down, that percentage they have to either add, you know, capital uh, or sell the stock. They either got to add money to their account if they're not you know in a, in a position where they have enough that satisfies the minimum requirement. They got to add money, or they got to sell stock. And if they don't do either one, the company where they own their stock at that's on margin, where, where they borrowed money to to uh, own it, will just go in there and do what's called a forced sale. They will force sell it, uh, and then we haven't seen them. All that much. We saw a little bit. I think it was Thursday at the end of the day. We saw some forced selling, and it fell uh, quite a bit Thursday, right at the end of the day, maybe 300 points. And then on Friday, uh, people were sort of um, arm twisted in the pension funds, and they bought some 35 or 36 billion at the end of the day, causing, right up in the last 20 minutes, causing the market to move up some 640 points in the last 20 minutes of the market. But those were only two or three buyers, and that's a one-time thing. They can't just do that every day or all day. So, I mean, when you're faced with some $3 trillion losses, $36 billion becomes 
inconsequential. It's just another uh, fart in the wind, if you will, uh, on the way down. Yeah, do you have a short-term impact? Yep. But it takes a lot of long-term things for this to correct it. Okay, you can't just do something for 20 minutes and expect it to fix. Well, and, I, I, you know, I, I, I took your advice uh, earlier in the week uh, on regards to what you're talking about, and I I noticed uh, Apple the one day uh, bought a lot of their stock back, and uh, I was thinking maybe I could get in there and buy some Apple stock because the price was coming down, but uh, they beat me to the punch. I couldn't get in there, but... Uh, the other thing I noticed, uh, I moved a lot of money into Clorox uh, and into uh, uh, 3M. Uh, seems like their their stock prices are going up now because of these the, the, the uh, coronavirus. So there's money to be made in that stock market. You got to know where you, where you're going with it. And I'll tell you what, Leroy, and I'm gonna be honest with everybody out there listening. Man, it educated me in regards to the stock market. I probably lost my underwear and my T-shirts and everything else. Had I not listened to you a couple of weeks ago, I, I really appreciate what you uh, you do for me. I don't know about the rest of the folks up, uh, out here that's been listening, but uh, you, you've been a mentor to me in regards to my financial activity. Well, you know, I, all I can do is educate people. I don't make decisions, nor do I give advice. I said, this is what's going on. you got to do what you got to do, okay? And I'm I'm real clear about that all the time, okay? Uh, this is not advice, you know. When we, when we, when I, when I sit here and say the stock market's gone from six thousand six hundred and forty to twenty nine thousand three hundred and change, there's some need for thinking about where, where that, what that's just done, and you know, and when it starts to round out at the top, you know, we've, we've called several of these. Uh, short-term downturns like we had there in in uh, December of uh, 18, and I think we had another another one back uh, in uh, February of 17. We had significant turns, but they weren't the, – the trend didn't turn. We called them anyhow. You know, I mean, we're saying, hey, we can see something happen here. We don't know for sure. If you're in it for the long haul, stick with it. I'm going to suggest this, though, for everybody's edification. 29,000, I think it was 400-something. Let me give you the exact number because I got right here, which is the high. So I, I uh, exactly. I don't want to give you bad information. Okay, the, the top was 29,568.57. Okay. That is very, very lofty. The air gets pretty thin up here, as the old stockbrokers would say. And every stockbroker out there, you know, I, I was interning in a wirehouse brokerage firm in 1987, and I heard every excuse possible to man when it fell, and people called in and said, I just lost a third of my money. What's going on? Okay, the biggest one that they use is ultimately, even though they're financial advisors, ultimately you're responsible for your own financial ship. In the end, that's what you're responsible for. And yes, you're responsible for it 
no matter what I say, you're responsible for it. It is your ship. You have to do what you think is right for you. But I can say this. It might take a very, very, very long time to get to $29,568.57 again because that is a very long way up from 6,640. So, um, I'm sorry, 6,470, because I have that number right here too. That was the actual bottom, 6,470. So I stand corrected in my own recollection here. So, But having said all of that, um, you know, you got to consider if that was the low, could it, re, you know, go back down to that? And no, it's not gonna. It's gonna get close, but not gonna go to there. But once it gets under ten thousand, if it does, if it does, how long do you think it's gonna take? Because it took us eleven years. You know, nine. What is it? It took. From 09, this is almost 11 years. March 6 will be 11 years. Okay? So 10 years and 11 months to go straight up, even with the Trump bump, after 18,200. Okay? It took us almost 11 years, 10, 10 years and, and uh, about 10 months to get to that number, 11 months. Uh and that's almost straight up. So if it breaks 10,000, how long do you think it's going to take to get above this 29.5 again? So I'm sad if you didn't get out. And I have some very close friends that I I talk to on a daily basis that I have been warning about this for some time. I'm saying it's getting awful lofty. And I know people that got out at 26,000, got out at 27,000, and they didn't catch the last two or 3,000 points. And they're happy to be sitting where they're at right now, viewing this at 25,400. That's close. 25,409 was a close. And we got another, uh, you know, we're looking at um, 600 points down right now in addition to that. So we'll be below 25,000. So those people that got out at 26 and 27, people laughing at them now, or then. They're not laughing so much right now. And I know, you know, some of the other admins on, you know, on another big page uh, have been saying the same thing. You know, you need to be realistic about where this is at. There's, there's actually a, a measure called a stochastic, and that's the relative position that you are from your low to your high. In other words, the, the recent, you know, most recent identifiable low would be zero, and the high is at uh, 100. But when that comes down, okay, when it gets back to 80%, 80%, then you have a natural cell. So we're not too far from that number now. And, and we, you know, uh, I just, you know, I'll just let you know, it, this is probably not over. 
and it's probably not over for, you know, a few days, but you're not going to like the next few days at all. Circuit breakers, I'll, I'll educate you again on them so that you know nobody listening to our show is confused, okay? So, and that's why we do this. I mean, we want our members to be aware of what's going on. I have some knowledge that not a lot of other people do, okay? And you should benefit by that. Now, it's not advice. It's just an education. It's like I'm going to tell you right now. Circuit breakers come in at minus or any movement of up or down, 7%, and they have a 15-minute halt. I'm sorry, interruption for the day. Then they can go up to 13%, and they would have an interruption of 15 minutes, and they would start trading again. And then at 20% movement, that's a lot. You know, right now it's 5,181. 5,000, I'm sorry, 5,081, 5,081. That's what it, if it happened tomorrow, which I don't think it's going to do, that it would halt for the day after 20% drop. But if you see that, you can expect that if once these things start to trigger because of margin calls, and that's what caused the 1929 crash and the 87 crash, had major margin calls that kicked in. And uh, you can expect to see this. That's, I've been kind of harping about this for a while. This is the margin debt's so large, so the percentage and, and a number of recipe for disaster. And there's a lot of other fundamentals that I won't even get into because I don't want to be negative. I want you to understand what may happen in the coming week. What we've seen so far is just... Uh, hiccup. We're down about 12%. By the way, in 1987, the trigger point was 14.1% down. The next day, it fell uh, 20%, 22%. It fell 508 points, and that was 22%. We're no one, you know, it'll it'll see a little follow through the next day if this happens. So, I don't want to belabor that too much but everybody should be aware of, of that. Uh, we don't want anybody to get hurt. But, you know, some people listened on the way up, this last couple thousand points especially, uh, and some people didn't. And like I said, I got good friends that didn't. They said, well, it keeps on going up. I hear you, but it keeps on going up. I said, yep. And, you know, now you'd have been a hero because you're, you'd have been you know, 2,000 points better off as you listen that it's getting close to this top. I mean, we set it at 27,000. We set it at 26. I mean, we set it at 29. And then in this past week, I've been kind of quiet about it because I'm not going to just belabor it all the time to everybody all, all day long. You know, a lot of criticism when I posted, well, it's going to go down. Well, yeah, okay. So no more no more posting about that. But I'll you know I'll tell you this: it hit a high of that number I just said, twenty nine five something, and then it came down and tried to go back up again just a little bit and couldn't get past that number. And when that occurred, 
that occurred. That was, I think, on Friday. Uh, no, it was, I'm sorry, week ago Thursday. A week ago Thursday. And when, because the high came in like the 14th of February, and on I think the 19th or something, whatever day that was, when we couldn't raise above it in the Dow. Some of the other indices did. But when the Dow couldn't, that was the, the signal that you really need to be out. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be chicken little here. This is educational, and that's it, educational. Okay? So just understand those are the circuit breakers now. Now, uh, there will be a bounce the day afterwards. You'll see a little bit of a more deeper low. There will be a very short-term bounce. Do not, do not think this is going to be something that's going up for the long haul. And then it's going to come back down almost to the low within a few days again. So you go back. If you want to check it, go back and see what happened in 1987. I think everybody's got the ability to find some kind of chart, and you can chart the days after this occurred. You can pick up some money by by trading that. If you're at a computer, don't think that you can buy in the morning and watch it the next two to three days because you're not going to make any money and you will lose what you would put in it most likely because this is now considered a correction Anything below 20, 10% is correction. Anything below 20% drop is a bear market. In other words, the trend's turned and it's changed. So, I mean, the, the you know the central banks can sell all the gold that they got, and maybe stamps drop for a little while. But pretty much nobody is going to stop what people have done in the last few years, and that's buying stock on margin, thinking it's going to go straight to the moon, and that therein lies your problem. Everybody thought it was going to continue going up, and it just never does. It's no different. Can you pick the actual top? No, nobody can. Nobody can. You can kind of see when you're going to see something turning and how far down it's going to go. Who knows? telling you this is going to get ugly because we got some reports in China on Friday night at the close of business, or uh, I guess about 9 o'clock their time on on Friday. That was their Saturday morning. And those numbers were not good. Okay? So just know that we got some serious stuff. Somebody just tried to buy it. It it bounced uh, 400 points for three minutes. There's somebody that come in and made a big purchase, moved it up, what did I say, 400 points for five, I guess five minutes, and and it's back down to where it was. So all of these people trying to affect the market, it's just like pissing into the wind. It's not going to work. The market's going to do what it's going to do, and that's the way it is, folks. And if you don't pay attention to these major big moves, then I'm sorry, I can't, you know, I mean, people would think it's going to continue to do that, and there's a whole lot of folks that are going to get an education about a defined pension plan versus a defined contribution plan here in the next few weeks, next few days, because you're going to see your pension plan go straight south, and we've been working to try and get everybody a backup pension on this show for a long time. We talk about it 
regularly. And the idea that there's laws out there that cause defined pension plans grief are wrong, and we've actually got an appeal going on to try and stop that. We'll update you later. So I've said enough about that. Thank, thanks, Tom. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it's it's educational. If it was helpful, that's I'm glad it helped you, you know, but it's uh, it's it's just going to do what it's going to do now. I mean, it, it's not going to be pretty. And I've been through yeah, you're. a couple of these. I mean, the major one that I've been through is 87, and I was actually an intern at a warehouse brokerage firm at that time. So free intern, by the way. I want to clarify that. I just volunteered as an intern and went to work there, and I was uh, privileged enough to actually sit through that. And, uh, you know, I, I was on the right side of it like I am now, you know, but it's uh, it's never, never pleasant at all. So anything else on that particular issue, and then we'll get on to the Emails. That's not really, Leroy. The, the only reason I brought it up is uh, in regards to what you were saying earlier. And uh, when I opened, uh, when you opened the show up, I got uh, something flashed on my my screen saying uh, uh, U.S. St- uh, stock futures sank sank again another three hundred points. Uh, and that was at seven o'clock. I guess that's when the Asian market opened up. I guess and uh, and uh, no, they haven't thing came eight thirty. Eight thirty. They open at eight thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this came across at seven. So whatever it was came across at seven. Said that the the futures were down again, and it was suggesting that the worst is not over for Wall Street uh, for now. Anyhow, we may be looking at another week of a week of this. So yeah, you're right. We spent a lot of time, and uh, I did want to apologize uh, to Jeff uh, for last week. Uh, when I described a medical procedure on uh, on the show, I do apologize for the language. <laughs> <laughs> you Buckeyes are nuts. You know that? Somebody come in, they were pretty angry. They brought a gun. 
Okay, that didn't happen because yeah. they were happy, right? I mean, exactly. come on, folks. You know, be, use some common sense. Okay, I'm not saying anybody that got shot here did anything wrong, but somebody brought a gun in that was pretty unhappy, and I don't think it was, you know, at home. It was at work, and we've seen too many of these going on. Too many. Okay, so just sad, just sad. Uh, number two, regarding the low wages in America, I'm as angry as I can be about it. Name withheld. Uh, with one possible exception that we do not know personally, we don't know anyone who is happy with it. Okay, so, or who isn't angry about it. So um, just uh, know that uh, there's a lot of people in our country that are taking a bath. And you know we we agree with the uh, the writer here. So, all right, Jeff. Number three, Bob Hayes was the only athlete to ever win a Super Bowl and an Olympic gold medal. And that was a question. And they were held, and yes, he was. He was a very uh, popular athlete back in the day. Oh, yeah. Along with the Cowboys. Uh, Thank you for so, the yeah, speed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, well, you know, speed, you know, uh, when when a, a runner was looking like they really did, you know, some pretty good speed time or whatever in, in uh, track and field, they'd say, what, do you think you're Bob Hayes or somebody? You know, it was, it was kind of, he was associated with being fast. He, in fact, was the fastest man alive at the time for the 100-yard dash, and I think he was under nine seconds. Just amazing how fast he was. So, And that's why he won Super Bowl and gold medal. Uh, and I think he did really well when he played college. I think it was 10-0 at 10 uh, Florida State, or Florida, whatever Florida team it was. I don't want to be quoted on that. But, um all right. Any other comments on that? I think you kind of got that one down. The uh, no, let's go move to definition. You got anything, Jeff? I don't have anything. Okay. All right. So, Tom, you got anything on email? I'm fine. I'm fine, Leroy. We've been very out here. Um, definition this week is cajole. It's a verb. It means to persuade by flattery or promises, wheedle or coax to get you to do something for that person. Okay? Cajole. Kind of like pander, only just a little different. Same kind of stuff, though. We know a lot of people doing that. But that's where she is. All right, Jeff, you take the quote if you want. Things you are passionate about are not random. They are your calling. And that is from Hadreen Fredrickson. I got that right. You broke up a little. Take that that again, Jeff. You broke up a little bit. The things you are passionate about are not random. They are your calling. Um, That's by Hadreen Fredrickson. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so 
that's our, our uh, definition, our quote this week. It's kind of poignant about what's going on in the world. Um, so, Jeff, if you want to uh, uh, take your report, I think you're going to just tell, tell us a little bit about, unless you got something else that you want to talk about as no. well. But uh, this whole merging, you might want to clarify that for everybody for, so that everybody knows where they're going to be after listening to this show. If you work in any of these states, okay, and this is how you're going to get moved. So just pay attention, okay? So, Jeff, you want to take that? Sure. UAW Region 4. Currently, Region 4 includes Illinois, Iowa, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Minnesota, North Dakota, Wyoming, and Montana. Added to Region 4, they expanded to Kansas, Missouri, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Nevada, Alaska, and Hawaii. That's a lot of territory to cover. Uh, oh, yeah. Region 8, yes, half country. Um, UAW Region 8, current region, includes Tennessee, Kentucky, Virginia, West Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and Florida, and the District of Columbia, Maryland, Delaware, and four Pennsylvania counties, Franklin, Cumberland, Adams, and New York. Added to Region 8 is the states of Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana, New Mexico, Arizona, Colorado, and California. Uh, there is another big hunk of the country. Yeah. Just so that's eight, eight, eight was yeah, eight, eight is enormous now. It was clear from yeah. from the east from, yeah, on the southern half of the United States. It goes all the way from the east, South Carolina, Carolina, Virginia, Westford, which not West Virginia, but uh, these are border ocean states, okay, eastern coast, you know, uh-huh. and it goes all the way out to California, okay, and that, I mean, that's the whole southern half of the nation in one region, okay, so, I mean, Tennessee and below, you know, and Oklahoma, Utah, California, Colorado, even. My goodness. Yeah. So uh, uh, that, that's that's an enormous state or region with a number of states in it. So, uh, you know, this has occurred. Now, Jeff, what do you think about each one of those states in a political sense outside politics? Or one state, uh-huh. one region... Has some, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I think it already had twelve. So you're looking about twenty-one states, and that's you know, half, half of the nation in one region. Now, how can one cap coordinator? What do you think about one cap coordinator for all those states, having to handle all of them? 
You Please? can't do that. One cat coordinator cannot do that. You're going to need one right. for each state. I agree. Um, That's what we've been pushing. We've talked about that privately, but needs to be one for every state. I think so, too, Jeff. Mm-hmm. All yep. right. You know, what we're talking about is, you know, there's too many states for one coordinator to have interaction with in order to right. be successful, effective. Not maybe, you know, even if you're not successful, but if you're effective, you know, uh, in your message, even if you're not successful, at least you got your message out there uh, to the legislatures in all of these states. Some, I think it's 21 now. Let me see. Right? Nine. Uh, and I don't including the District of Columbia. So it's I was one off and being cramped in it. But 23 states, that's almost half of the damn nation. One political coordinator. You know, so if you had wow. one for each state, and they could at least affect the relationship with people, and they, you know, that are elected officials, and they could look them in the eye. So you could say, hey, you know, in these states like Utah, you know, we, we might not change them from Republican to Democrat or independent or whatever, but at least they look our labor rep, cab coordinator, in the eye every day or every day that they're in session. They'd see our person standing around with, you know, looking good, looking sharp, looking uh, like they knew what they were doing and having an agenda at the ready for any one of them. This is what we think about that. We need to get back politically effective because Walter Ruther said it, and it's resonated among the the halls of legislatures for a long time. And he said the ballot box is directly related to the bread box. I think he said it backwards, actually. The bread box is directly related to the ballot box. So let's keep that in mind as we move forward with our union. You know, everybody wants to spend money up in, you know, California in the desert playing golf, smoking cigars, and, and drinking fine whiskey. Maybe if we put a little of that money together and work on some of the politics, at least have our message known people, then we might be a little more effective. And then we, you know, with proper training of those folks, we might actually be successful. Okay, so I would say that. Anything else on Jeff's report on merging? Um, No, no, I I think... yeah, I, I was just going to say it sounds like in, in Jeff's report here, the uh, the guy from Region uh, Region Eight is uh, going to be uh, doing some things similar to what one of the Nelson brothers did back in the fifties and the early sixties. Uh, uh, I think he had a popular song out there. I'm a traveling man. That's a lot of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ricky. Right, That's Ricky. 
Ricky Nelson, right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. So No, I sang that song in karaoke, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have a contest. Humorous is out there. Yeah. Uh, somebody can watch me to make a video of it and post it, but I haven't yeah, done that. We could just have to open my somebody, somebody did make a video of it when I was up north a month ago and, and they they made a video, and I don't know where they posted it at, but they got a video of me singing something. Anyhow, yeah. did you did, uh, did you guys did you guys see that uh, 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 posting uh, that came out of Region One A uh, from uh, Chuck's? Uh, that's, my, that's my next report. Um, yep, that's oh. next thing up. Yep. Yeah. Okay. No problem. That's that's actually the the teaser. <laughs> That was the teaser this week. <laughs> Local union training announced one week after calls for IEB to get an enema. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> I did. <laughs> but that was fun. <laughs> we had a couple of laughs about it all week, too, by the way. But, yeah. Here a couple of weeks ago. 
13th. Uh, so, uh, of February, 13th February, day four, Valentine's, he got elected. And we reported on it, you know. And, you know, he's he's okay. He's a good guy. You know, he's been around a long time, too. So, uh, but Chuck Browning actually understands the union and how it has to function and how it's not functioning so good here lately because everybody's more concerned about covering their ass rather than doing their job. And that's sad because leadership and the membership can be in trouble because of that. And Chuck Browning realized that after I'm sure they got some sort of uh, feedback from what we talked about on the show last week. And if you, I'm not going to repeat that too much in this segment, but uh, so Chuck Browning, Regional Director 1A, UAW, uh, has put out a flyer under his letterhead with a union bug on it and has date and time on it. It's kind of nice. He didn't sign it, but it's not necessarily a legal document flyer, right? And it says roles and responsibilities for local union officers. They're going to have a class on it. Friday, March 27, 2020, or Saturday, March 28, 2020. Time, 9 a.m. to noon, both days. Okay? And uh, they're going to cover UAW structure, <laughs> the executive board, the roles and responsibilities of local union leaders. That would be to include how you answer an appeal. <laughs> okay. If you want to go, I would expect it's going to, especially since we made such a ruckus over it last week, including demanding that they take an enema at the IEB. <laughs> it looks like somebody did. <laughs> yeah, clean yourself out. Uh, but if you want to go, uh, and we encourage you to do this, in fact. I mean, you know, we're we're not anti our union. We love our union. And when something's going right, we're going to report on it and let you know. Okay? We're going to report on it and let you know. Okay? So I want you to please call Nova Schollenberger at 313 291 2750 to confirm your attendance. There's no there's no fee for this class, it says on the full, the flyer here. And the flyer is posted on the Working for a Living page. So if you just if you go to the page, you can just scroll down and, and see the flyer and you know copy it, whatever you want to do, we don't care. Uh, we you know, we just want to get the education out there. So um, there's a obviously there's a lot of need for people in how to administer the UAW, because a lot of people get elected, and they quite frankly don't know how, and it's sad, actually. I mean, when you send out a document that has no date, it's supposed to be a legal document, it has no date on it, it's not addressed to anybody but to whom you it may concern, and it's not signed, and it's a decision rendered by the executive board, according to what the letter said. That makes it it's not an official document that way. And if you're going to do it, you have to do that. But you also, 
there's a certain time specification for doing such a thing, it's the next executive board or general membership meeting that you have to deal with. It. Okay, if you have an abated one, you just deal with it in the, you know, like in December. A lot of people, a lot of locals, they, they don't have a local union meeting in December because they have a party. Okay, so they, they abate the meeting and they have an executive board meeting around that time and they can handle it in an executive board and just send it out. Okay, no problem. Not hard. Okay, and nobody's going to complain about it. When you don't do what you're supposed to, follow the Constitution and make it a legal document, then you get in trouble. And you cause a lot of heartache and consternation and way more paperwork for the people that I send it to. Because I got, I, you know, I got, I type 80 words a minute. You know, I got, I got a whole case of paper. I just bought 5,000 sheets. I got plenty of paper. Got ink around here. Hell, we don't have it. You know, so when I pour this paper out, they don't like seeing it. Hell, postage on it, you know, it gets a little cumbersome for them to mail it back to me. But we'll do it if you're going to make these kind of mistakes. And that, that what Brother Chuck Browning, the director of Region 1A, is trying to do here, educates people. Thank you, Brother, for doing that. Okay. I know you've been around a long time, and we all know what that means. That's code for people that paying attention. But you do know what you're doing. And it did it with distinction and honor for a long time as an administrative assistant. And now you're reaching out and doing this and we appreciate it a lot. And we encourage local union leaders, even if you think you know it all, okay, walk your little ass down there and take this class. Chuck's got stuff that he'll tell you about that you likely don't know. So, uh, you know, it's a good thing. It really is. You know, there's, I won't get into specifics. Title IX, in general, protects people in protected classes against abuse in any way, discrimination, bullying, all kinds of stuff. And if you're a bullier and you get called on it by the union taking your membership or by a company taking your job after you don't listen, to try and correct your behavior. And then you go after the people that you're bullying and bring them up on charges because they had to stop you from being the asshole that you are? You're wrong. And any executive board that affirms that is wrong as well. You have to abide by federal law and the policies of discrimination of the UAW that are outlined outlined in the policies procedures on discrimination as well as being codified in the contract, the collective bargaining agreement, 
and the UAW Constitution. So anybody that isn't paying attention to federal law, the Constitution, the collective bargaining agreement, or the policies as outlined by the President of the UAW, and you try and affirm somebody that's violating that by allowing them to bring charges on the person they harassed, bullied, in some cases physically assaulted, you as an executive board are doing injustice and illegal, and you might get called on it for that reason. And that's the kind of thing that Chuck, even though we talk about it here on the show, the Chuck is going to give you in an official capacity and his representatives, classes he's given, Friday, March 27th, Saturday, March 28th. If you're anywhere near these classes, and I suggest all the regions do this myself, okay, please pay attention. You've got an, exec- you got an education director inside of every region that ought to be doing this right here because there's a hell of a lot of people that are running unions local unions that have not a clue what the hell they're doing. Witness the letter that I got. I haven't published it, but I did read it. And Chuck, you know, he's, he's on top of everything. He's just that kind of guy. And I know he's got his thumb on my ass, too, probably. I'm not here to destroy things. I'm here to keep people compliance with our institution and do your job as a local union officer. Okay? A place is going to hell in a handbasket. Somebody's got to hold somebody to account beyond somebody saying, oh, we want you to have one member, one vote. It did nothing, nothing to address all the problems. Yeah, one number, one vote's cool. You could wait until the next convention. More transparency, better reporting. Yeah, that's cool too. You wait until the next convention. You played on people's anger, and then you tried to slide in under the cloak of darkness. That other stuff with the amendments unspecified. You know, might have passed had you not done that. You got to be up front with the people, okay? Be careful, folks, who you, who you follow. Every week we're here, and we're not giving you bullshit advice anywhere. And if you have a question, and we get a lot of them, and if we can't answer, we'll find it for you. We'll talk amongst ourselves. We'll talk to people that are in our team that are elected and have access to those better access, I should say. So we'll we'll get that for you. We'll get you answers. And if you're trying to poke somebody in the eye and it seems like you have a good reason to do that, we'll help you with that too. What we're not going to do is put you in jeopardy of trying to support something that violates the Constitution because it has to be specified what you're what your special convention article is all about. It has to be specific. And if you're supporting something that is indeed violating the Constitution, 
you're at risk for losing your own membership. So be careful who you follow. Be careful who you listen to. In any regard, check and recheck. If you don't like what we're saying, check it. If you think we're full of shit, call us on it. We'll try and, you know, educate you to what we think. Okay? Maybe you still disagree. That's fine. We're not here to be in agreement with everybody because that's just the way the world works. We don't want anybody losing their membership because they're supporting something that violates the Constitution, do we? There are people who have written me since last week that have said, I hate to see how certain people are abusing the young people just because they're angry for their own purposes and own personal and group agenda. I didn't put that in the email, but I wanted to say it in my report. Be careful who you listen to. I get a lot of stuff come on this desk every day. And there was a lot of it that said what I just said. The old timers don't like how you're being manipulated by demagogues. Okay. Any questions on that one, on the training here? Nope. You good? Okay. I'm good. Um, okay. Thank you, Tom. Uh, in the, uh, this past week, we got news that there's 1,200 new jobs coming into Lansing. Uh, evidently, they expect and they forecast some higher sales in the uh, um, Delta plant, and they're making uh, the uh, Buick Enclave, the Chevrolet Traverse uh, there, and the uh, Grand River plant, Lansing Grand River, is making the Camaro, and they're going to launch two new Cadillac sedans, and they're going to get, they they expect to ramp up based on the sales of those uh, products. As you're looking, you know, we talked about it ad nauseum about market conditions and, you know, the shrinking in, of the economy a little bit. You know, we hope that they have these jobs, you know, but there's this thing called karma out there. You know, if you screw so many people, they can't afford to buy a car anymore then you just might not be able to sell all those fancy-dancy cars you got. Projections might not be what you think they are. Notwithstanding, you can push that around with your marketing. Remember, the five P's of marketing, product, price, placement, uh, promotion, and the last one that's been added recently by some major universities is people. Demographics, you got to have the demographics in there too. So, those are the five things that they can affect the market with. Okay, so they plan on putting some money in advertising out there. They actually cut the advertising for the, the cruise that Lordstown built in order to make it look bad. So, this was by design. 
because we watched it go away. And people were complaining about it. Good luck with all these new jobs. Uh, there's a couple, well, at least one uh, Facebook group uh, for that. I think we have to finesse that a little better so that the people in Lansing have to come in there new. We'll get able to talk to each other a little better. So uh, we'll, we'll facilitate that. Uh, uh, next thing uh, that we have, good Lord, uh, and we talked about this in one of the announcements. Uh, the President of the United States has declared that unions are a threat to national security. Yeah, all of those of you who voted for him, he's now called you a threat to national security. Okay, and 750,000 no longer have bargaining rights if deemed necessary by the Secretary of Defense. The interesting thing is that there was already the 1978 Civil Service Reform Act that gave the Pentagon the authority to do that in all measures of national security. So if they, you know, I don't know why they want to make, you know, why lie when the truth sounds better? Okay? That's what my dad used to say. You know? Why lie when the truth sounds better? He told a lot to be pretty honest, quite frankly. Okay? So, in this instance, he already had laws he could stand on, 1978 Civil Service Reform Act, that gave the Defense Department full authority to do everything that they need to do in times and national emergency and national security. Okay? They already have it. So why go out there and make this statement declaring unions a threat to national security? Driving us farther away from you. Why do that when the truth sounds better? It wasn't a lie that he said. But what he did was Unnecessary. It's not. Okay. So. <laughs> um. I want to uh, flip four and five here. The NLRB says that a company just ruled that a company could tighten attendance rules without bargaining with the union. Now, that sounds real bad, and it is. But they can only do that if the current collective bargaining agreement doesn't contain an attendance policy. If you have an attendance policy, like we have Doc 8 in the GM version of it, okay, then we have a codified attendance procedure, and the company can't come in and change that without going through the union. Because we have an established collective bargaining agreement paragraph, and, or not paragraph, but document that allows for our procedures to be adhered to by the company. Okay, they can't change them without our 
coming through our union, okay, giving us the opportunity to negotiate. But a contractor out there uh, didn't have a procedure, and then they filed an NLRB complaint, and this makes real good headlines, and it looks really bad, but in this case, this union didn't have a procedure with the company. And the NLRB said you didn't, so we're going to allow them to tighten the tenants' rules. That's kind of where that one was at. People were all over the board on that, and uh, you got to pay attention because it didn't. It's not as bad as it sounds in this instance. Okay, it's not good, but they can't just arbitrarily change it, even though. You have a uh, procedure in place. They can't just come in and change it. Only if you don't have a procedure, they can come in and tighten it or loosen it if they want. If they think people are being, being abused, they can come in. But that's not going to happen in this environment. Okay, the appeal. Um, uh, everybody likes to hear the update on the appeal. What do we got here? Anybody else want their hand up? No, we're good. We've got a pretty good switchboard here. It's kind of nice. So we're uh, uh, happy to see everybody in the switchboard. Thank you very much. And those of you dropped off, I think there's one or two uh, from time to time you tell me you just couldn't stay on the phone and listen to it on the uh, uh, computer or something. So thanks for that. Uh, we appreciate it too. Uh, getting back to the appeal, uh, as you know, I have written and submitted a appeal of the ratification vote based on four elements. Uh, one, that there's no codified procedure for holding the ratification vote, and that's been requested four times by the Public Review Board, our highest appeal authority, uh, most of whom, well, all of whom now are uh, uh, deans of law schools. We used to have, you know, like pastors and ministers and priests and uh, other people from the community on the board, and they didn't really understand that it was more legal than what they'd like to have, and they went to all legal professionals. And then they tried to stop us from going outside to outside court after we got a decision from them, and wherever they sent that to, they got shot down. So there's still a procedure beyond the public review board that out to the federal or the, the court structure, whatever level that's at. A lot of times it's federal, but sometimes it could be local or even state. Uh, so, uh, but there's still the procedure is a local union. Then it goes to appeals to the executive board, uh, international executive board, IEB, and then it goes to the public review board, PRB, and com commonly known, and then. It, if you're not satisfied, then you can still take it out to the outside court structure. Okay? And that's our appeal system in the UAW. Now, I sent this appeal in, and I said, one, that there's no codification of the uh, ratification vote itself. Everybody knows we were mad about the uh, uh, disabuse of the temporaries because the uh, Constitution of the UAW says work permits, and that's for temporary people, by the way, not full-time people, uh, work permits no greater than three consecutive months. 
okay? That's in the Constitution of our UAW. We all know that's been abused. So we appealed on that. I appealed on that. Um, and with, you know, I didn't do this on my own. I counseled with some folks and thought this is a good idea and we want to make sure that everybody's on the same page. We talked about this ad nauseum on the, on the show, these three items, for a long time, virtually every week. Next one was Appendix K. We're supposed to make the company competitive, and the Constitution says we're supposed to have uh, everything we do in the interest of members. Okay, while we might work with management, our motivation and our impetus and our ethos is in the interest of the membership. Okay, and then the last one was that uh, the Constitution says that we're supposed to uphold or enforce existing laws and we're supposed to work to uh, repeal any laws not favorable to labor. And in the, con- uh, in the contract, okay, it says that uh, the Pension Protection Act has been placed into it almost verbatim. In fact, the, the title, the heading or the, the section in the, in the Constitution or in the uh, collective bargaining agreement, says Pension Protection Act 2006. Well, it allows for pensions to be cut by uh, 50% and maybe more, uh, but for sure 50% if funding falls below 80%. And we believe that's uh, a law that's not favorable to labor, and we believe that that's something we should be working to repeal, not working to affirm by placing in the collective bargaining agreement. And this uh, was the Pension Protection Act 2006. It was not in the 2007 agreement. It was not in the 2011 agreement. It, it was put in the 2015 agreement, and notwithstanding our uh, admonitions that it be removed or adjusted accordingly uh, so it's no longer unfavorable labor, it's still in the agreement, verbatim. They say they're working on it. That's what they told our person that, that raised, our team member that raised it over there and one of the locals, I don't want to get into personality because we get, I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but uh, that's what they told the person, our team member. And they said, we're working on it. Well, working on it's not good enough because it's still in the contract and, you know, in this downturn in the market. You know, they only, they got a snapshot day of the 30th of September. But if Mark's down substantially the 30th of September, we could see a major pension cut the 1st of January 2021 by half. Okay. Get their ass working on it. Okay, and that's what this appeal is about. Get their ass working on it. More than just some some little bit of hearsay or you know, platitude or pandering or simply cajoling us to say, Oh, well, we're gonna work on it. Yeah. See the words that you've heard on our definition on many shows now. Okay, we're sick of all of that. We want action. We want protection because you're our union. You're supposed to protect us. And if you violate the Constitution, we're going to appeal it. So those are the four matters that are being appealed. 
Now, the status is I sent it in timely to my local union. And they just took a powder. They just threw it in a can or something. I don't know what they did with it, but they didn't answer it. Remember, we said that they had first executive board uh, or membership meeting, right? And it didn't happen. Well, there's actually not a codified procedure, but there are some for other elections besides this ratification vote. So we've cited a whole bunch of things, including that there is not a procedure. But certainly, they should have acted in the first executive board or membership meeting, or the first two, but it went three. Okay. Well, after two, I appealed it to the IEB. Remember how the appeal process goes. So they just, you know, didn't do anything, so I appealed it. And then I was waiting, waiting, waiting. I got a letter, notified, and uh, uh, signed for it. So I went and signed for it. And it was, and I expected it to be either um, what I suggested that they do, recuse themselves and move it to the public review board because they're the principal parties affected by this potential constitutional violation, uh, that or they remanded it back to local for official action that they didn't do, or they just simply sent it up to the PR, or they're going to answer it in the negative, I'm sorry. Send it to the PRB, back to the local, or answer it in the negative. I, don't, well, I guess they could answer it in the positive, but I doubt that it's going to do that because it affects them. It cuts your own neck off. Nobody. All right. So that letter came, and it wasn't from the IEB. It was from the local. This was a week and a half ago. Okay. And that's the one I described to you a while ago that wasn't didn't have a date, wasn't signed, uh, kind of innocuous as to who it was to, in other words, to whom it may concern, and then violated a whole bunch of stuff, saying that I couldn't appeal it because I couldn't vote on it. Well, I'm not allowed to vote on it. That's prohibited by the Constitution, but it's not prohibited for me to appeal it. While I may not affect the outcome of the vote, the outcome of the vote is appealable. Once they vote on it, I can't participate in the vote, but once they affect it, and it affects me in a negative way, or me and everybody else in the union, I say me because I voted, but because I'm the principal person that's, that's effective here, you know, I mean, it's actually taking action. So they said I couldn't. Well, that's still in, you know, in process. And then this week, we got another update. I get a letter from the International Union saying that they received my letter of December 19 and pending their disposition, I'll be notified. So uh, I accept that for the first appeal. Unfortunately, the local union's letter now gives rise to a second appeal based on their decision and the illegal letter they sent me uh, announced that to me, even though it's not addressed to me. And it's not legal because there's a whole lot of what I just said that makes it not a legal document. All right? So I'm going to send another one in in a timely fashion. i got a few more days to do that. And then it will be appeal number two. 
regarding this to the IEB. First one was no action by the local, and the second one's tardy action by the local in a non-legal letter that they sent me and some other things, like they violated my protected concerted activity, but I'm allowed to help the membership in any time I choose to as long as I do it in the interest of the members. And that's Title 29, U.S. Code 157, Protected and Concerted Activity. It does a few other things, too, but that's that's where that's written at. But uh, they don't know about that at my local, and that's a big deal. That's an NLRB complaint. Okay, i got six months to do that now. So we'll see if they want to just, you know, take that letter back and say, well, just go through with what we did wrongly the first time. Or the IEB could send it back to them in total, just send everything back to them and ask them to, you know, address it in a more legal, proper way, even though it's tardy, but it would start the clock again. And if this cluster screw-up is something they want to fix, I would send it back. If it was me, that somebody just happened to screw up so bad, send it back. Restart the whole thing. Okay? Remanded back to local union for their proper action, whereupon the appeal process starts all over again to the next level. So, Seems like nobody knows what they're doing. I think that's why Chuck Brown really wants people to get educated on how to run a union, especially in certain instances. So that's what's going on with the appeal. That's where we're at. We'll send another one on. We'll have two active then. God help us. I'm, you know, I, I know this is some manner of trying to get themselves out of a little trouble too, so some of it could be by design. But we're smarter than that around here, so stop playing that game. We'll just keep piling the paper on, and we've been through this with you before. So, you know, in the end, if some higher authority affirms that these are indeed constitutional violations, then any and all persons who negotiated and or approved not limited to just those, because I would say assistant directors of regions had the same input to the approval authority, because the director and the assistant speak in one of one mind. So all of those parties, and that's, that's what the appeal says, that these people, but not limited to these people, throw a few more in there when the time comes, if it does, that some higher authority with credentials and authority to deem whether it is in fact a violation of the Constitution or not, then we'll move forward. And what that would possibly do is remove the membership for all parties involved and we get another special convention, only this one for real, for all of the IEB spots because we just cleaned our own house. And hopefully, if I speak real nice to the Justice Department, they might not put us in receivership like the Teamsters were for 30 freaking years. 
So everybody that's in the way of this happening, anybody got any questions on that? Jeff, we'll start with you. No, sir. I'm right behind you. Thank you. Tom, you got anything? Uh, very good report. Very good report. Uh, I'm pleased to hear uh, what the international has done, and I, I guess I owe more than Jeff an apology. So, but uh, great report, Leroy. I know. I thought I was just myself. So, I just, I just found it pretty odd that. All of a sudden, this thing appears in my uh, message uh, as a message coming to me shortly thereafter, uh, after the fact, when I when we we talked about the last show, and I thought it was odd. Oh yeah, when when you said they needed when you said they needed an enema. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just get disgusted hearing people, you know, pointing fingers and, you know, uh, take responsibility locally. And, and it, it, it was, you know, it brought uh, joy to me to see the roles and responsibility of elected union officers. Okay. That that really, really touched home here. And, and, and I think that was a, a point that most people lost during this last strike and everybody wants to point fingers at everybody else. We as a membership give our elected officials the strength they need to perform their jobs. Once the people below them, the foundation starts crumbling, and I'm talking about elected officials here, they have no legs to stand on, okay? There is no power there. There is no strength. And when an elected official at a local union hides things from their membership, or don't come clean with them and tell them what's going on at, at membership's meeting in, in, in the form of a, a chairman's report. And how many times do I get a call that people are placing committee calls at a local union meeting? How ridiculous is that? We don't want to be doing that. But certainly the leadership can address the membership with factual information as to what's happening with their facilities. And that didn't happen in 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 numerous plants and locations across the country. People called and, and complained all the time about that. That is a, a, a number one priority and the number one uh, uh, premise of that person holding office that they give factual information to their membership and it only makes their position stronger when they go up the ladder to bargain for their members locally, period. And we, we've lost sight of that. I, I've seen an article today uh, on one of my pages, that the, they're still playing the blame game out there. Just move it up the ladder. It wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault. You know, it wasn't your fault. It was your fault because you didn't demand what should have been happening at your local union. So, what's the facts? Show us the facts. And it it didn't happen on a lot of occasions. So, I I I, I really do uh, thank Chuck for this. And I think it's only going to make the union stronger. Things like this, they're proactive in regards to our membership. And uh, it it, it just brought joy to my heart to see somebody actually heard something and responded. And I I do owe them an apology. 
That's all right. Break. You need to apologize. Tom, first of all, I, we don't apologize for such things on this show. Telling it like it is, we're not going to be apologetic for it. And everybody needs to understand that. And if we're sitting someday at a, at a bargaining table and we tell man to go pack it in their ass, we're not going to apologize for saying that. Okay? Because we mean it. We speak for the members at that point. We don't yet, but we likely might. Okay? And we're not going to sit there and let them pile souls up our ass and anything else they can without pushing back. Too many people, and this is one of the reasons I, I got out of leadership when I did, too many people said, don't piss off management. Don't make them mad. Listen, brothers and sisters and all of those who are interested parties, unionism is an adversarial relationship with management. They have their position and they have to stick up for their position. Our position is diametrically opposite from theirs. 100% reversed. Therefore, we are going to piss them off now and then. Yeah, do they have the power to write check? They have the power to do this and do that move plants, this and that. Yeah, they, they exercise it a lot. Okay? That doesn't mean that we don't have the ability to pack it in their ass sometimes. Right? And we're going to do that in ways that aren't just a strike. You take that to the bank. They're not going to like having somebody that actually understands negotiating and has... Uh, comprehension of the four most popular negotiating methods. Most of the people that you're hearing talk out there couldn't pour piss out of a boot if their instructions were written on a damn thing regarding their <laughs> negotiating skills. I mean, I had to negotiate with some of the top, top elected officials Highly educated people, very sophisticated in their their abilities, and I had to negotiate with them for the benefit of the membership, and I did that at some of the very highest levels. I'm not a cherry in this arena at all. People around aren't either. Okay? At all. Sophisticated, experienced, educated members of our team are prepared to stand up and take over any damn time the Justice Department will allow it where this is probably headed. And believe me, it's going to be a very different union. Very different union. You hear me tell folks, do your job. Well, at least Chuck Browning knows they don't know how to do their job. Kudos to Chuck Browning for his 
Bruce Flyer. Uh, I don't have too much much else. So, uh, Jeff, you got anything in closing remarks? No, I just wanted to thank you all as well. <clears throat> and as you said, he's been around a long time, just as long as I have. Uh, we hired in the same plant together. But uh, it is about time that somebody stepped up and started educating some people around here. Um, so thanks, Chuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Chuck. I mean, you know him better than probably anybody in the, on the team here. Uh, and you know, there's good and there's bad. I mean, he, you know, there, there's people are going to still get caught up in in, in the bad. Okay, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean they doing good at the moment. So you know, let's give them credit when it's due. And you know, other people say, well, you know, that's a, well, you know what, you know, we got a union to run here, folks, and they do. Okay, we're here to point out stuff, and if they listen hard enough, they'll they'll you know get a little help from us. You know, so thank you, Jeff, for that. Tom, you got anything else? No, I'm fine for the evening. Okay, good. No more enemas tonight? <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll be checking the mailbox. Uh, I'll be checking the mailbox the next couple of days, and you know what I'm talking about. So, And I, I'm anxious to get busy with that issue, uh, to... Uh, proceed with certain things that are being investigated in regards to certain issues. And I, I just uh, hopefully, I hopefully pray that by Friday I have the proper credentials that I can proceed with what we have to proceed with. I, uh, right. I hope they're there in the middle. Right. Well, that, that's going okay. in the mail tomorrow. So you'll, you'll see it. Yeah. You keep watching the mailbox. It's going to be full. That's really cool. What he's talking about, I'm folks, is we, we actually have, we, we got membership cards as being part of the, the uh, uh, Michigan Association of Broadcasters. And so, you know, Tom wants to, you know, flash his out there when he needs to. So <laughs> I got a couple of little goodies from they They give us some real nice stuff. They're actually talking about giving us an award. Yeah. So they, they, I mean, I was walking out. I said, we need, we need to get that, that group there an award. So let's see. We don't know, you know, we don't do this for awards or anything. But it was nice to hear kind of the under, you know, under their breath saying that stuff as I walked out of the office with a whole bag of goodies they give us. So uh, we yeah. pass those on to the rest of the team. So you'll have it here pretty soon. Um, it's always, it's always good, Leroy. Oh, somebody out there appreciates you. Yeah, 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 they, it is, right. Um, so that everybody knows, I'm going to close the show out now, but I want to give you an update, kind of what's gone on. Uh, we went up to a, from a minus 540-ish. We, the mar- market uh, here a few minutes ago at the Open of China uh, went up to a minus 230, and it's back down now minus 300 points. So uh, we had a little push-up at the beginning just like what happened uh, on the uh, uh, close on Friday. The same thing happened here with, with uh, China, and now it's moving back down. 
at 90 seconds. Thanks, everybody, for listening. There are global listeners, Canada and Mexico, our union and non-union, and all of our UAW listeners especially. Again, our hearts, prayers, and condolences out to all of our fallen members this past week. That's very sad. If you found value in this show, please tell just one more person. Have fun, stay safe, and uh, we'll see you next week. God bless each and every one of you. Good night. Good night, Good night everyone. Good night, Leroy. Good night, Leroy. Okay. Good night.